the advantage we had is that I've written 17 books. <laughs> In your spare time? Yeah, yeah. Probably this- on the aeroplanes by the sound <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, I've got this big body of knowledge, including <laughs> so an 840-page oh textbook I wrote over, over four years, right? This is Super Fast Business with James Schramko. James Schramko. Helping you build your business super fast. Fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 816. Today, I have a special guest, George Lee Sai. Welcome, George. Thank you, James. Good to see you again. You again. Yes, we say again because we've actually met in a past life. I'm guessing it was over 10 years ago <laughs> when we were hanging around together. I think you and I were both speaking for a promoter in Australia from the platform. Back in the earlier version of my business model, I used to sell training workshops to people at events. They would pay a, an amount, they would come to a in-person workshop, and they would learn how to build an online business. And back then, and this is really interesting because of what we're talking about today, I used to teach people how to build their own website and to do a lot of the things themselves. And over the years, and we're talking about since you know, 2009, 2010, over the years, I've moved into a different position now where I really don't recommend people get too bogged down in learning how to do coding or developing or using Photoshop to slice up images and all of that hands-on stuff. I really recommend they find the person who can do that for them. Or they use a tool that just takes care of all the messy bits. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking with you, George, about your transition when the pandemic came along and the changes in your business model. So I've just shared a little bit about the changes in my business model. I now don't do the speaking from stage and I don't do as many live events. I'm pretty much doing podcasting, short social media videos and dealing with people in an online scenario. Of course, when people are members, we do have local meetups. And I do run webinars for paying customers, but I don't do that as part of my free model. Now, I think in your case, you've had a pretty significant business change in the last year or two, having to adjust to a market modality where the in-person sort of potential has been significantly reduced, obviously. And I want to hear your story around what it looked like a year ago. It was actually a year to this day that we're recording when WHO announced a global pandemic. So I'm really interested to get that timeline of what business looked like at the beginning of last year and then what had to change and what it looks like today. That's what I want to do on this episode. I'm just going to mention your website early on because my listeners are super switched on. They're going to start looking it up already. It's ninskillsfactory.com and that's nine as the number nine. I always have trouble with domains where there's a number. I've had over 2,000 domains. And uh, ones with numbers always throw me a bit. So ninskillsfactory.com. Funnily enough, while we're on the numbers, you're running that on a platform called 10xpro.io, which is how we've recently been re-engaged because I'm so active in that platform with the founder, John. And he told me you're using the platform and you're using it well. And that was really interesting for me. So I wanted to reach out to you and have a chat. So firstly, what is Nine Skills Factory? And then take us through that journey. To explain what Nine Skills Factory is, it's a training platform or an education platform for professionals. So we always had a market of large corporations, you know, Qantas, BHP. So it's always been big companies and kind of traveling around the world, helping them make money by better executing their business plans. 
about 10 years ago, and it was prompted by our meeting in Sydney. Really? Yeah. We started thinking, like I took a big interest in when we sat there and did that panel in front of all these people, because you and I sat side by side yeah. and answered questions in a panel. And I remembered, I was listening to you. So within a month of that, we started recording stuff <laughs> and we dabbled with it. It was like, you know, my way of learning is just dive in, you know, have a go at it and see where you go. Well, just on that, yeah. my memory of us meeting back then was you really blew me away with your health, your physical presentation versus your historical age didn't match up. And I paid attention to that. So I've definitely been far more interested since we met and inspired as to what's possible. We're going to put a picture up on this post at episode 816 at superfastbusiness.com of you shredding around the racetrack on your performance motorcycle. And that should be inspiring to anyone because you do not look as old as you actually are. And that's the big takeaway I remember from all that time ago as well. So we've helped each other by the sound of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're doing the same thing in that we're making a lot of decisions that are lifestyle-based, yeah. including, you know, this online piece of work. Our approach to it was ramped up because of COVID-19. We had to make a big shift because of that, but we had been getting ready for it for 10 years. The big thing for me was we'd been dabbling in WordPress and, you know, going out there and buying extensions and plugging in extensions and then going through all the dramas of the maintenance and trying to work out how the pieces come together. I call that a Frankenstein website. Yeah, it was a nightmare, you know, <laughs> like I'm a quick learner and I'd get in there and I'd, I taught myself HTML and, you know, I went through all those processes, but I never, ever could get all of the pieces together because no one provider had all the parts. and. Uh, about 18 months ago, I don't even know how we came about it. I think I read something. I think I might have seen something on LinkedIn about it. I went and had a look at 10X Pro. I think it was a $1, <laughs> you know, like yep. run it for a dollar or something. It is. I think you can start it for a dollar. Yeah. And what I like about that is you can get in there, get under the hood, load up your sales page, put in some content and actually have it pay for itself before the first billing. Right. And if you can't, and stop it. Right. So it's very low risk. Yeah, well, we did that. And by the way, we learned from that too because we've only gone to a membership model two weeks ago. It costs a dollar <laughs> for the first 28 days. <laughs> it's the way we've set it up. Yeah. So we're learning from you still. Anyway, we were basically using it as a training delivery platform to our corporate customers. But the corporate world, you know, when I say corporate world, I'm talking large companies. Yeah. They're not necessarily that on board with online there's a misunderstanding about what online does they just think it's watching a video or something well i think you know even when i worked for a corporate company big one daimler chrysler yeah. who owned mercedes-benz at the time they were starting to get into go-to webinar when i still had a job in you know, 2008 they were starting to say oh you know we're going to cut costs 30 percent each year and instead of flying you down to melbourne for a one-hour meeting in our office we're going to just hop on this virtual conferencing software that was the first memory I had when I was in corporate of them starting to introduce leveraged technology. Right. But I really think it was 2020 when most people, and I'll put my parents into that bucket, most people discovered Zoom, this whole world that I've been living in for a long time, just the veil got lifted. And of course, like you said, you were aware of this 10 years ago. You started preparing several years ago, but I think you were forced, weren't you? You basically, the choice disappeared and then there was only one way or no way and i think that's what happened last year 2020 and luckily you're in a situation where you had somewhere to go to yeah. with this online platform yeah exactly we've been recording stuff for 10 years so we had a lot of content 
So it gave us that, you know, big head start. <laughs> well, you know, funny story that the history of this podcast is the first podcast I actually put up on Apple was Freedom Ocean, which was a few years after the first episode of Superfast Business. Yeah. But because I'd already been recording audio interviews, I was able to retrospectively load them up to Apple. And this, why this episode goes back, this show goes back to 2009, I think, because I had already been recording. So that's a really big takeaway. Anyone listening to this episode, if you're not leveraging what you do in the form of recordings, even if you don't currently know where you're going to publish them or how you're going to publish them, that's probably a really good thing to start doing because yeah. that puts you in a winning position to take advantage of the change in marketplace. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. That was a big learning for me. And, you know, when we were there with the promoter doing public speaking from the stage, I never recorded any of that stuff. And I must have done over a thousand conferences and had zero content after it. You know, I almost always go home back to my uh, hotel yeah. and I open up the same keynote that I presented to the audience and then I record it on ScreenFlow. Yeah, right. And then after a, a short time, I was only doing that for a year or two, I just dropped off the scene. And uh, my other friends like Kerr and Ray said, why aren't you doing the public speaking? And I said, it's just not leveraged enough. Yeah. Like, what am I going to get? Like 500 people in a room, often 150 or even worse, like 70 people in a room. Yeah. i got to fly here and stay in a hotel. And, you know, like it's a day or a weekend or a couple of days out of my life away from my family for this 90 minutes of intense effort. Even big events like traffic and conversions, you might speak to 3,500 or 5,000 people. Yeah. The amount of leverage you can get, just this podcast episode, so just as an example, we'll have about two to 3,000 listens in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, wow. So when you think about how much more leverage is available by recording this one-time conversation we're having and then it will be leveraged over, then it just became no comparison. Now, I was very pleased to see Kerr and Ray go on and slingshot into the online world. I mean, he just catapulted in, yeah. went headfirst into social media, became an expert, killing it with his online stuff. And we all started around that same time. Yeah. And I just worry about the corporates. You know, I actually have friends who work for corporates and are in a job and they're looking for a way out because they've actually been working from home and they don't want to go back to the office. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's going to be really hard for corporates <laughs> to get people back into a CBD after this. So if you're not paying attention, what I'm saying is I think the landscape has changed forever. It will not go back exactly as it was before because the market forces have caused people like you, George, to change the way you do business. And it's a one-way change. You're not going to switch the membership off next year and just go back to in-person no. now that you know a different way, right? Yeah. For the last 20 years, I've been doing, on average, 205 flights per year. Wow. Yeah. So basically, a platinum flyer in two airlines for 20 years. <laughs> And then I was telling, you know, some friends the other day about it because they said, you know, this is terrible, this COVID-19. I said, it's pretty good because I've had four flights this year and all of them were to the racetrack <laughs> to ride motorbikes. So it's a complete change. I'm not going to go back. But the message I try to give to people is technologies like 10X Pro make it easy for people to actually make that shift because the old days of, like you say, that build that Frankenstein model, they're gone. You don't need yeah. to do that. Well, you can keep doing that if you want to, but it's the most difficult way possible. And then, you know, once I saw 10X Pro, the light came on. 
because all we now have is predominantly two platforms that talk to one another. And that's what 10X Pro and Active Campaign. Yeah. And it, that's a question that comes up from people, you know, yeah. maybe they're even on a simpler system that does everything, including the emails. And they often say, well, what, if we're going to go down that path, why don't I just have one? And I would say, I think John has deliberately steered clear of trying to be an email delivery system because that's hard work. You know, I use Entreport. Uh, I see Landon Ray is very active in his community and they do a lot of developments to make sure emails get delivered, Yeah, that all the tags and sequences, like that is a full bore system you need to do. I think you leave that to the big professionals. That's a hardcore business to be in. And then the origin story of 10X Pro back when it was M10 Pro was it was actually built as the perfect membership add-on for Infusionsoft. It was the extension of Infusionsoft for what they would have if they had a membership module. That's what it was built for. And I suspect probably John would have liked to have sold it to Infusionsoft back then when he started. But now he discovered, you know, can also make it work with deep integration with Active Campaign, which is what you use with Entreports, what I use. Yeah. So if you use any of those three tools and a couple of others, it does integrate with others, but they're the major players, then it is the most powerful thing in terms of what it can do. And it's also the simplest thing. That is the hard balance. And I was showing a client of mine yesterday. He's been getting a little bit overwhelmed with trying to go into the market. And he has been playing around with a WordPress site. And I'll tell you, I was so convinced that that is the old way that I sold my business, which was a WordPress development shop. I sold it. Even after seven years, I saw the life cycle of that. This is now a commoditized market. It's now the reign of the software as a service. You want a cloud-based tool. You do not want to be hassling around with hosting and servers and security and modules and plugins and hacks and updates and MySqual and PHP versions. And like, if anyone's teaching that now, I feel sorry for them in a way because like that's archaic history that's finished. And so these tools are the way to go. I think we're in that era and. What I have seen and what I was explaining to this client of mine is I actually logged into my account and I said, you've got a book. So I'm going to click on the book campaign, push. I pushed the button and the entire campaign deployed on the spot. He's got his book offer, he's got his cart and he's got his thank you page. It just doesn't get easier than that. I said, you've got no list. How about we build a list? So I build a list building campaign. It's like your free offer. Then there's an upsell. Hey, hey, you've got the free report. How would you like the paid thing? There's an upsell too. Would you like an audio version of that or something else? And these are optional. You can just delete them if you don't want these upsells. And then there's a thank you page. Thanks for your order. And they all actually come with the ability to make them time limited if you want, because that can really help drive sales. And the third thing is I said, you want to sell an information product. So let's go with the live sale. And again, it's just sales page, offer, which is the cart, upsell, thank you page, you're done. Yeah. So within a click, basically all you need is the words on the page and you need the thing that you're actually giving away or selling, like the book, the report or the thing. Now you had all this content and so you switch from the Frankenstein to the one platform you just log in. Like once you hook up your active campaign account, it talks automatically, right? Yeah. You don't have to do anything after that. So You've loaded up your content. How does it work now in terms of delivering for corporates? And I'm really interested in this because I have a business-to-business side as well. I don't talk about this much on my show, 
Only some of my audience would be aware of this, but I operate a business-to-business membership in 10X Pro. Yeah. We sell to corporates. Yeah. And I'm just really curious to know what lessons you've learned selling to corporates and how they've adapted to it and um, what features you're using in there. Just before you say that, I'm going to say one of the features I needed and requested for 10X Pro for that market was for a manager to be able to know where their team are up to in terms of course progress. So I asked for a course progress tracker. And it now you can log in and you can see how many of your students have gone through at what stage of your courses to see if they're effective or not. So that was a feature I asked for based on the B2B market. So tell me how you've been using it, George. There's a couple of different ways we found that helped us with the corporates. I'll give you an example of a South African company that was, <laughs> because of COVID-19, forced into using an online model because that, that's the upside for us as the customers are forced into it as well. We set up a coaching program. So there's a training program, there's a coaching program that connects on the end of it. And then we tied it in with a series of automated emails. The biggest learnings that we took away is the corporate environment or the customers that we have react better when you give them frequent communications. So they're far better off doing micro training than sitting down and doing a full course because they just lose momentum on it. So that's the one thing we use. So we've tied that together. So how long are your trainings typically? The two big programs, 26 weeks each. And then the largest program would be close to eight months, thereabouts. But the two main ones are 26-week programs. How long are the modules or the sessions? Well, it depends on the topic, of course. But if we're focusing on, let's just say, business improvement, which is the core of what we do for the corporations. Yep. The actual training process they go through would take them around about six days of face-to-face. Right. And so they're doing that over weeks in small bites. Like, yeah. What I want to know is how long do they sit in front of the computer for each bit? Well, we've found it more successful when we tell them you need to sit in front of the computer for less than 30 minutes a day. It might be 20 minutes in the morning. That's where I was aiming for. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Look, you know what we found is if we send them an email that says, listen, here's what you do this week, do these modules. And then the modules will have some note-taking and a little quiz at the end. That's less effective than if we send them an email that gives them the daily plan and it says, on Monday, do this, Tuesday, do that. So once we broke it down into micro-training, we got momentum. So we use the course tracker to talk to their managers. The other one is we found, once we get into the coaching side of it, because we have a mechanism where we've combined coaching with automated communications where they will go online, they'll watch a little video, they'll then do an activity, then they'll send me the activity, and then we give them coaching based on the activity. That works really well because of the face-to-face interaction, and I'm on their back. All the communication we're using, obviously, technology. One of the features I like is you could actually have it, you, you know, in 10X Pro, they can mark as complete. Yes. Right. Well, you can fire an automation into your platform that sends you an email that lets you know that they've completed. So if I can do that. If someone completes a module, yeah. then it could fire off a certificate, you know, could say, here's your certificate, George, you've completed the course. It could send me, in Entreport, there's a feature called task, yeah. but it could send me a task saying, you know, get in touch with George and congratulate him. And I could call you and I could say, George, well done on completing the module. That's fantastic. 
you're now ready for our advanced certification program, whatever. So this is absolute dynamite. And I don't think many people are doing this, but that is behavioral-based progression. Yeah. And I imagine you could apply the same things to the businesses you're helping improve. I'm sure I'm talking your language here. Yeah. <laughs> we actually already do that. Yeah. We utilize the little tracking and the actions and adding tags when something's completed. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. The one thing, just to let you know, that we're getting a lot of interest from uh, at the moment is we've gone into that gamification part of it, yep. and now they can score points. Yes. And what I've found in, in the professional environment like that, CPDs, you know, continuous professional development points, and then levels of status serves them because what we're doing now is when they get to, they come in as a member, when they make associate, we send them every year a certificate of being an active associate. It's evidence that they're an active, you know, committed to self-development. And then they get so many points to go to fellow. So that's part of the retention strategy as well. Looks to me like you've got trophies on the top of your bookshelf there and a certificate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yep. what we're talking about here, of course, is that human need for recognition and like in a deep down level significance. Right. And if you can take advantage of that to help them, then why not? And you've got those features. I think it's a great idea. And I also want to reinforce what you're saying about the daily bite-sized thing. Mm. On one of my 10X Pro installations, it's called superfastresults.com. I put a 30-day challenge there. You can work less and make more in 30 days. And I just did it because I wanted to do a drip membership. I've never done a drip course before. Yeah. Well, not for years. And of course, always the, the automation used to be awkward, but now it's like a dream. And over each day, it adds a new module for 30 days in this membership and it's free. So if you're watching this or listening to this, you want to check it out, go to superfastresults.com forward slash 30. And it doesn't matter whether you type three zero or the word 30, you'll still get to the same page. <laughs> Opt in for it. And what you'll see is each day we send people an email and a video. Now they can click on the video and go and watch it in the membership. Or they can just read the email if they're text-based. So I like to cater for different modalities. And I'm wondering if you've done that too, George. Do you give people transcriptions? Do you give them resources underneath the content? Are they video? Are they audio? How have you set up your lessons or training? Because there's so many different configurations you could choose. Yeah. I've done the one-page course, which is my favorite. One-page courses are good. I've done the drip course and I've got a membership. So I'm using it in three different ways yeah. in that. And I'm doing retail and I'm doing B2B. So there's lots of different ways you can do it. What have you found your corporate audience like in terms of consumption? They get obviously get the online training, which is video-based. We don't have any very much writing on the website, but basically they get a downloadable workbook. The advantage we had is that I've written 17 books. <laughs> in your spare time? Yeah, yeah. Probably this- on the airplanes by the sound <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, I've got this big body of knowledge, including... <laughs> So an 840-page oh textbook I wrote over, over four years, right? I'm currently going through my second and third book, and it's always a battle. The resistance of <laughs> sitting down and concentrating for more than, you know, half an hour is like yep. hard work. Yep. What I found is the, by, by having the books there, what I do is give them a lot of content out of that. So we give them downloadable workbooks, which has a lot of written info. Then it has a guided activity. So basically when they do training with us, You go in, there's a welcome video, and there's a little button that says click the workbook. They download the workbook, and in it, it says, okay, welcome to the course. Now watch module 1.1. And they watch that, 
and the space underneath it to make notes. And then there's my key points after it. So we're kind of combining, as you say, multiple modalities. They get a visual input, they get reading input or auditory, which that is. They get the kinesthetic part of it. They've got to make notes because they don't get it all. And the quiz often comes from the notes that they make or, or it references the material that they would have had to make notes on. They like it. They tell us that they love that format. We give it to them in PDF form. And in fact, we've even gone experimented with just Word documents where they're form protected. So you just have a form that they can type into. So you're using a quiz feature in there. All the time. And yeah. the reason we do that is reinforcement of learning. Yeah. You know, so they, they learn something. We want to make sure that they learn it before they move on to the next piece. You know, I'm big on the end goal is to develop a skill, not to do some training. That's it. I need to add quizzes to our courses. That's like an immediate action step for my team. Yeah. I'm going to ask them to go and add a quiz that relates to the piece of content someone's just consumed. Right. And I know that's going to help people who learn differently you know, to others. Yeah. It can also be used in 10X Pro, there's that feature where you track the quiz or the assessments. Yep. And at the end, you can give them the, you know, all the confetti drops down because you passed the quiz. Yes. And, you know, it also might be a requirement for professional learning yes. criteria that, you know, people have proven they understand the thing. Yeah. Like any certificate or, like, there's not much stopping anyone issuing a certificate right? No. There is things stopping people calling themselves a university or whatever. So I do caution people, be careful about that. I mean, yeah. Trump <laughs> fell afoul of that one. <laughs> but you definitely can issue certificates in whatever you want. Yeah. And you should perhaps do that if you're dealing with anyone who is in the game of collecting skills. I know that training and development is usually more valued by an employee than money because it helps them get up the next rung on the ladder. Yeah. It gets them into a bigger pay bracket. It gets them uh, more significance. So if you're in a corporate market, I think those things would be critical. And also yeah. if you're in markets like any kind of academic market where people have gone through university, if your audience have been through university to do what they do, whether they're a teacher or a doctor, a lawyer, a chiropractor, anyone who's been to university is going to want to collect more pieces of paper. That's why they want to be a doctorate. Right. That's why they have multiple degrees. Right. I know a guy who's got two or three degrees and he's in his 60s and he's doing a doctorate now because he's absolutely addicted to academia. Yeah, wow. So that's taking advantage of that. When I was learning copywriting, there is a desire to collect now, I've discovered that through my surfboards. That's <laughs> true. You just want one of everything, yep. you know, like Pokemon. If you deal with someone who likes to collect things, it's actually easy to help them consume more. And, of course, in your case, your customers are getting a result of whatever it is they're learning. So you're helping them by harnessing their natural instinct. Right. So I think this is all very well intentioned. I'm interested, how have you set up in terms of team? Do you have anyone helping you with this? Do you do it all yourself? And was there an initial workload that's dissipated or are you finding that there's still things that need doing? I've basically got a team of four people and the other three are all ladies. They work down in Brisbane and the Gold Coast. So there are two ladies that do all of the admin. They work with Hootsuite and automate posts and things like that. So their main focus is on administration looking after logistics because we still do face-to-face -face conferencing. We've got a couple of, of customers that want us to go there. They look after all of that. So basically, I just turn up at the airport. I get on a plane. I fly there. I deliver it, and I come home. Yep. So the back end of this, there's been two people working on that, and I'm one of them. 
because I, you know, because you can with that platform, you actually can. You can, yeah. I will say it's the first time in about eight years where I've bothered to get the logins for whatever platform we're using yeah. because I can add a word or change something easily if I want in the same effort it takes me to put it into Slack. But that was never the case with WordPress. Yeah, I agree. Because there's a lot more steps and hurdles. So that's been interesting. I'm seeing a lot of the use cases of 10X Pro where the owner is a bit hands-on. Yeah. But there is also, and I think it's worth it pointing out, I'm helping create an army of 10X Pro jockeys. Right. So if you don't have a team of four like George and you don't have the inclination to even log into the thing, you don't have to. You can just hire someone to take all your videos, take your words and put them all in there and add your Stripe or PayPal account and turn the machine on. So there is that service available yeah. and it's happening right now. And there's a list of recommended suppliers in the platform. So that market's growing because the tool's growing. Yeah, i got to tell you, I agree with you because it's easier to type something and just type it straight into the website rather than me send it down to the girls and then they do it. It's double handling. Now, when you say down, where are you physically located? I... <laughs> I got five acres up in the mountains behind Cairns. I it's a lifestyle choice. You are right up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm an hour and forty minutes from Cairns. We've got this nice place, and the house is twenty meters from a creek with a waterfall. So we have a waterfall instead of a pool. It's massive waterfall. So is that why you're interested in butterflies? <laughs> Yeah, right. I can see you looking at that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm taking it all um, in. <laughs> I went skydiving in Cairns. Yep. The reason I like up here is bike riding. Like, there's no racetrack, but the motorbike riding around the place is brilliant. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a motorbike enthusiast. Well, don't worry. There's no law enforcement watching this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm not putting any evidence out there for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George. Suffice to say that I'm like you. How many bikes do you need? Well, the answer is N plus one. N plus one. N being the number you already have. That's it. You get it. <laughs> You know, like this has been a huge issue for me and I recently had an episode with um, seven-time world champion Lane Beachley, female surfer. She literally lives across the road from me. I see her most weeks. And when I was podcasting with her, we we talked about the number of surfboards that she has versus me and she said that I probably have too many. I actually listed uh, 13 for sale. I've sold five already in the first 24 hours of listing them. I'm pruning back. 2021 is the year where I end up with less surfboards than I started the year, but less but better. It's in line with work less, make more. I have less surfboards, surf better, because I'm not going to be paralyzed with choice. And I'm not going to second guess which one to take. And also, I read some quote from an internet scam artist. He was a fraudster. I think his name was Hush Puppy. Maybe these are just alleged at this point, but I think he scammed a whole bunch of people for some stuff. But one of his quotes, because he's always posting bling and uh, you know, fancy watches and cars and clothes and stuff. And he said something along the lines of, you know, don't save your best stuff for a special occasion. Every day is a special occasion. Right. And I play it to my surfing. And I think, you know what? I'm going to surf the best board I've got every day and stop putting them in the corner there because it's really busy where I surf. It's a good chance you're going to get a ding here or there. Sometimes I take a bit of a beater so that I'm more relaxed about it, but I'm just going to surf good boards from now on and I'm selling the rest and also the ones I don't fit anymore. You know, my surfing ability and my surfing preferences have changed. Have you found your motorcycle collection changes over time where you, you're fond of something and then it's no longer suitable or you, you weren't fond of something and then it becomes more in vogue? Oh, there's motorbikes. That's exactly the same as surfboards, you know. There's no one tool for every scenario. So 
I have four motorbikes. They try and sell it like that, though. Of course they do. I can't tell you how many boards they say is a one-board quiver, but I don't know anyone who's just got one. I only know one person who's got one board, and she's into sustainability and, yeah. and circular economies and stuff, and so that makes sense. Yeah. And it's probably, if you have the discipline to do it, yeah. you'll become really good at surfing that one board <laughs> until someone runs into it. <laughs> All I need is four motorbikes, right? An adventure <laughs> bike, which is... A combo off-road. All I need is four. That is a tweetable right there. All I need is four motorbikes. (laughs) A race bike, a super motard, and a motocrosser. That's it. I've covered all the bases. I'm down to my sort of ideal five surfboards. I can get by on just five, Mm. uh, you know, which is you need a twin fin fish. You need a longboard for the small stuff when you just want to cruise. You need a really good mid-length, and you need a good wave board. Yeah. So there's four. And you'd probably just mix it up a bit with something a little bit interesting. But, yeah, I'm with you, George. But isn't it good that you're at the point where you're past struggling to find a customer or figuring out what you have to sell and you're more into the part of repackaging, adjusting the dials and the knobs on the business and looking at where you can find the leverage? But I think if we were to summarize this episode, it's about leverage. You went from a more old world scenario and you, you said something vitally important vitally important and that is your customers have had to change too yeah not just you your customers and there's really only uh the position you can take in this market is i'm going to change and adapt to deal with the change my customers have had to encounter or not and you have and you've succeeded i think you've found the right tool for the job is what i'm hearing from you I'd love to know what advice you would have for another business who's got content, got some customers, and they're noticing their customers have changed or adapted, and they're thinking about whether they should try 10X Pro. What would you say to them? You'd be familiar with the statement, you know, as an entrepreneur, you've got a choice. Either you're going to be the first or you're going to be the best. And given the choice of the two, you're better off being the first. I think hesitation in this time and age is the big mistake and I'm at the other end of the extreme I just see it I know there's something good about it I don't know quite what it is so I just jump in and whole hog give it a run and learn about it my advice to people is the world is changing technology is changing as well so you've got to grab good technology like this which is taking away a lot of pain so you can put your energy into content development and the sales process you know and customer relationships If you don't follow that path, if you go down, you know, all of these Frankenstein type approaches, you end up putting all your energy there, but you sell nothing because your business is not about, you know, the process of developing a website. It's about delivering a a service to someone. I've found that 10X Pro has just ramped us up tenfold in terms of what we can actually deliver and how we go about delivering it without all the pain. I actually have more time for motorbike riding now. I'm like you. I actually work one day more than you. I think you work three days, four days off. I work four days, three days off. Potato, potato. (laughs) (laughs) There's a personal mission behind that. It's because from 1995 through to about 2006, I worked 11-day fortnights. Only in the last couple of years that I managed to wrangle a five-day work week, but I still had an omnipresent business, seven-day-a-week business. A motor dealership is open seven days. Only for four and a half years of that time did I work for it when it was open six days. But 11-day fortnight sucked. I was working an extra 26 days a year, you know, compared to everyone else. 
But now I want to have twice as many weekends off a year, which is why I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Because if I do that every year from now on, then I think I'll end up ahead. Yeah. Because I had a corporate job in BHP and I remember the last year I worked in a corporate role which had responsibility for assets around the world. I did a million frequent flyer points in one year. At the end of that, I just went, this is madness. And then I left the company and then I went and worked for myself. But I just still didn't get it right because I had corporate customers. So the expectation was always there. It's more so the last two or three years. And by the way, prompted by your conversation and, and my introduction to you, you know, 10 years ago in Sydney, that's where the brain went down this path. I was actually fairly early on into the market back then. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at some of the recordings I made at events in 2010, 2011, 2012. Yeah. What we were talking about then is what we're at now. I was talking about protecting yourself from being demolished by the platform you're building on disappearing. And when I was talking about that, I don't think Facebook even had groups when I started talking about that. Like I was way, way ahead of that curve in terms of ownership. And then, you know, as, as you would be aware, and a month ago, Facebook switched off news for the whole country. <laughs> so yeah. here we are living the reality I foretold. And I'm all about having that ownership. I think building on your own platform is clever. It's adding asset value to your business. It's wonderful to see you adapting and moving. And, you know, for what it's worth, I pay a lot of attention when someone's been traveling so much as you, they're more switched on than someone who's sitting in their little cocoon hibernating. If they're not getting out and about, they're not really exposed to it. But you've seen it. You've been in the front line. People who travel a lot are just more worldly and are able to make, you know, to notice subtleties. Today, my barista who I don't recognize is new to the shop, I think she made a cappuccino instead of a flat white. And for our overseas audience, I know Starbucks now has a flat white in America, but they didn't for many, many times. It's just more milky. And a cappuccino has this little powder coating of chocolate powder on top, sugary chocolate. As soon as I took a sip, I could detect that difference in the taste. I knew there was sugar in it. I opened the lid. There's a layer of chocolate. I could tell instantly it's different only because... I've been out and about. I've tried and tested. It's like I've ridden over 100 surfboards because I want to know what they feel like. Mm. And when people ask me for advice on surfboards, my advice is actually valuable to them yeah. versus the person they ask who's only ever had one surfboard. They can only comment on that one surfboard. So I take your feedback very strongly because you've been out and about. You've tried other solutions. You've done business in many ways. And you're a more mature human with a lot of miles under the belt. So I appreciate you coming and sharing that. I've always prospered by listening to wiser people than me. And that's why I want to bring on guests on this show who can contribute to our knowledge. So I know my listener would thank you if they were here in person. And that's my job is to try and get that. So why don't you just give us a little bit of a advice on the way out? You know, some sage George Lee advice, you know, for the global traveler, the experienced businessman, the guy who's seemingly found the elixir to the fountain of youth. What would you say to someone who's, you know, 10 years or 20 years back from you on their pathway? There'd probably be a couple of things. The first one, and this is what come to mind when you said you've got listeners out there or friends who are sitting on the couch, not traveling to work now, who want to continue to do that. The transition to online, right, from a corporate role is a transition from thinking about information sharing on the internet to sales on the internet. And that's a huge transition that they have to make. I've got to say, you know, hats off to you and John Lint. 10X Pro makes the transition to a sales thinking model 
know that you're actually selling something. Much easier for people who come from a corporate environment. The big message I would give every individual out there is, you know, if you have an idea, then, you know, think about being first out there. If you wait until it's perfect, that's too long, you know, and I think if you wait till it's perfect, then you've probably missed the market. Like I always tell people, this book, you know, 840 page, a little book of mine. Show us the front of that book, George. You're not really promoting it very effectively. Right. Process Mastery with Lean Six Sigma. Yeah. Yep. Can we get it on Amazon? Where do we buy that thing? Uh, from NineSkillsFactory.com with a nine. There you go. <laughs> book funnel. you got the book funnel all in place. <laughs> You've got it all dog. <laughs> you know, there's three things I'm going to do as a result of this episode. I'm just going to put it out there yeah. because you've inspired me. One, I'm going to ask my team to set up quizzes in our existing platform because yeah. it's there to use. Two, I'm going to get in touch with my friend who's in the corporate and I'm going to say, take the dollar trial of 10X Pro, buy yourself a domain for $12 or $14 and fill in the blanks, like hit the campaign builder on list building and just fill in the blanks, give away something useful because I've already talked to him about what his expertise can be. I think he can be an integrator. He can help business owners with his skillful project management. And the third thing that I'm going to do is... um, well, I, I had it. I had the third thing. I was so excited about it. Something about writing a book, another book, getting it done. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. I'm going to put the book funnel. I'm going to let people buy my book from superfastresults.com. I'm going to deploy the book campaign and let them buy the book. They can get the soft copy, perhaps. They can then buy the physical copy and then an upsell might be the audio version or something like that. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But I've got the capacity with um, the option of using tasks. I can have my team member fulfill the book from our fulfillment center yeah. once someone purchases. So we didn't have that capability before I had that website. And I didn't know how to get the physical book to the customer. But now I do. So you've inspired me, George. There's three action steps for me. <laughs> if you listen to the show, I wonder what your action steps are. You know, now's a good time to write them down. As George said, kinesthetic, get it happening. This has been a surprise and a delight. You know, we've covered the most important things, George. We've covered motorbikes, surfboards, membership sites, info products to transition from offline to online. What's one secret we can have for staying looking young? I used to phrase it as scare yourself to half the death half the time. <laughs> that the adrenaline <laughs> rush seems to work. But I think the big one is find something that allows you to focus on things other than work. And for me, that's 300 kilometres an hour, you know, down the main straight of Phillip Island. That keeps my attention on track. And there's only one thing in my brain. That's a form of meditation. You've done it with surfing, and uh, I think that's the key. Yeah, it's me paddling down a nine or ten foot monster wave. I'm not thinking about much else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's that roller coaster yeah. a- adrenaline rush of going from zero to thirty two kilometers an hour in a microsecond. Yeah, it's a hard earned, hard won victory that you have to do yourself. Yeah, and I know Lane said she said yes, you can get a jet ski to tow you in, but that's cheating. <laughs> well, that's the, how old people would. Think. You know, you start to ease off and do it the easy way or back off and don't do it at all. I just keep doing it. In credit to her, at one point in the world, she was like rode the biggest wave ever for a female in the world. Yeah, right. You know, if someone's towing you into the wave, <laughs> it's going to probably be a big wave. <laughs> it's going to be yep. scary as hell. Fair point. So I don't think it's uh, easier, but I think that's what we would call leverage. Yeah. You know, you get more waves. But I don't have a jet ski yet. I'm just going to go the old school and build my discipline in the stoic fashion. So, George, thanks so much for sharing it. 
George Lee Sai. Check him out over at nineskillsfactory.com. That's the number nine. And if you've got questions about 10X Pro, go and hit up the 10X Pro people. If you've got questions about optimizing your corporate business, then George is the guy. And uh, you want to talk about motorbikes or surfboards, then you can email either of us. I'm sure we'll be very interested to engage in that conversation. <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> and let me add on, if uh, any bike riders out there, just go and uh, join the California Superbike School. That's where I work and I do some coaching. So I'd love to see you there. I've heard great things about that. That's like, that's the OG school from what I've heard. So yeah. kudos. All right. Cheers, mate. Good on you, mate. Catch you later. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com. Thank you.